0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com. Good morning, everyone. We are used to thinking that as long as you see ingredients and they look more or less okay, there are people who are going to tell you that it's fine. I get questions all the time of people saying, I read the ingredients and nothing looks, uh, nothing looks suspicious. I'm not, I'm not only talking about food. I'm talking about people. a lot of people ask me regarding vitamins, that they think that the vitamins um, are many times okay, even though it could be that in the ingredients that they're reading, it looks pretty innocent. But we're going to see that the, the way that the food industry works nowadays, it is not at all simple to know where the source of these ingredients come from. There was a a time where the FDA established a law that certain amounts of contaminants are acceptable in food. For example, in frozen broccoli, it's already the law that you're allowed to have up to 60 types of bugs, aphids, thrips, mites, that are allowed to be considered in one one, uh, type of uh, serving. Then you have the shellac, which is a high gloss glaze. Where does shellac come from? It's from a female shell from her shelak. Shellac. Yeah, it's an insect that 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 secretes some type of resinous glaze that is used in a lot of um, in a lot of food additives. And it Shapes it is a teshuva regarding uh, regarding a shellac. I'm not going to get into all of those details right now. Carmen, for example, when you see on the ingredient it says red dye four or cochineal, it means basically it's coming from a, a ladybug. It's coming from a ladybug. Starbucks would use it in many of their um, in many of their uh, products. Fruit cocktails, for example, are going to use it. It's going to prevent the red dye from the cherries going from one thing to another. So they recently said because of animal rights or whatever they're not going to use it anymore. I'm just giving. I'm just, giving, uh, I'm just giving a few examples. And the last, which is probably the most dangerous, is whenever you see natural flavors in the ingredients, you have to understand that natural flavors could mean many, many things. Including in these things, something very natural is, <laughs> ambergris. Adam, you know what ambergris is? Does it come from beavers or cats? Sperm whale. It comes from Sperm whale. It's natural, it's definitely natural, but it's not kosher. Another is civet, absolute. You know what civet is? Civet comes from cats. It's from the cat's perennial scent gland and it's often used in frozen dairy desserts, baked goods, candies, puddings, and different gelatins. Casein is something that comes from milk. So just to give you an example, that when it says natural flavors, you don't really know where it's coming from, and there is an unbelievable pamphlet that uh, that Rabbi Idelitz put out uh, called "Food Additives" in December that that really um, that really uh, goes through every single product to show where it's from. So let me just give you a few examples, and this is important, especially for people in the non-Jewish world who have allergies. They look at can of tuna. They say, "Well, tuna. If it does if it's not dairy, then it's." Uh, they would think that it, you know there's no problem whatsoever. It's the child who ate it, and in Baltimore they had to rush him to the hospital. He was in a, he was in tremendous danger. Why? Because they found out that this can of tuna had to it uh, um, some of the some of the, the water that was processed with it was uh, had a dairy source to it, and they would have never known otherwise. And the child almost died. So that's why non-Jewish people who are sensitive to allergies they're very careful when they look for hechsherim, like for Jewish hechsherim that say that don't say d. If they don't say d, they know that it doesn't come from anything dairy whatsoever. They know that it's that 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 um, that, that that they're protected. But until then, people people w- would would think, well, you know, it's, it doesn't look dairy. Why should there be dairy inside? A lot of complicated ingredients nowadays. I'm going to give you a few examples. Some of them will sound fancy and there's no problem whatsoever. But some of them are mamashtarifot. So for example, you're going to see agar agar. All that is is seaweed. That's fine. That doesn't need any, any, uh, any uh, 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 kosher supervision. On the other hand, you're going to see something that's called uh, civet, as we mentioned, or carmen, red cockatoo. All of that come, comes from animals. Colic acid, that comes from animal bile. It's used as an emulsifier in dried egg whites. Who would know? You look at colic acid. Okay, it looks okay. It comes from animals. Uh, Collin bitartrate, that's from animal tissue. It's also, it's a nutrient, a B-complex vitamin, and the, and, and it also needs, uh, it, it needs kosher supervision. Adam. We're talking about, can, can, when you see something that's an in ingredient that says, confectionery glaze. Man, it looks very uh very fancy and very synthetic, but that's what shellac is and that's what uh that, that's what a lot of times um that 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 product that's a byproduct of a, of a bug. So cysteine L form. This is one of my favorites. Cystine L form. It's a source of amino acid. It comes from a dead woman. They get it from a dead woman. I mean, <laughs> What are you gonna say already? How are you gonna know what's kosher or not if you don't rely on the hichshirim? I mean, unless unless you're a, unless you're an expert, if she's Jewish, you're eating a Jewish woman. Yes, that's a good point. Now, whenever a very common one, it says emulsifiers. Emulsifiers can be from animals or from vegetables or synthetic. You you won't know. You need a kosher certification on that. Obviously, when it says fats also, it could be from animals or vegetables. Gelatin, same thing. It could be from pork. Sometimes it's from kosher, but that mamashi is asher, kosher, kosher, fish, gelatin. Wrong, okay. So that's going to be a very big question. The and the, the kashruyot don't accept the gelatin as kosher, and there's a few reasons. Number one, is there's a big machloket, and the poskim in America accepted that it was asur. That's number one. And even the, the gelatin that some poskim permitted... That's coming from bones. Nowadays, a lot of them are processed from some of the some of the some of the hides and some of the um, and some of the uh, uh, leftover meat that's on the hides. So it is a question still nowadays uh, on the gelatin. But notwithstanding, we stay away from something that's a machloket. When you buy a heksher, the the job of the heksher is to give you something. That is kasher according to everyone. They're not going to get into a machloket, what this one holds, what that one holds. That's, uh, that's uh, you know, that re- recently there was a scandal regarding mizuzot that, uh, that I spoke about it on Shabbat that somebody started selling mizuzot that he thought it was okay. It was done with a stencil or whatever. But many poskim said it was asur. So, I mean, he said, I think it's okay. What does that mean you think it's okay? But when you're selling something, I expect a product to be known that it's 100% kosher according to everyone. So that's... Uh, that's uh you know you can't ever say that it's according to everyone because there's always going to be dissenting opinions but the the Hek-Sherim usually they follow a source that you know that they're being you in Israel they're the uh, they, uh, from was kosher that was because the, the Rabbanut. Oh, the Rabbanut. yeah the rabanut but if it's not the rabanut that's because it's the basic basic hachshir yeah. but Right, it's also because it goes through a process that they nullify it totally. Yeah, of, uh, right. Dog, it. Right. Right. Because you know, in right. so it's a whole, uh, it's a whole long discussion. I'm I'm coming to give you guys uh, a a details on some of these ingredients. Let's see a few more. Um, and anybody who wants, they could ask me for the for this list, Rabbi at gmail I'll send it to them. Resinous glaze is insect secretion. It's used for coating candies and pills. Rennet, that's used for, 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 uh, for cheese. So that's derived from the lining membrane of the stomach of calves, right? It's a coagulant. And that's also a big question uh, on the, they use it for other things as well. That was get, that's going to obviously need a kosher, uh, kosher certification. Serum albumin. 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 Blood. It's blood right, not kosher, I guess they put it in food sometimes uh but there are many that 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 are innocent uh kosher less sorbic acid that's part of what's kosher part of without uh, uh, supervision um sperm oil that comes from whales <laughs> that comes from whales uh, it's a release agent lubricant and lubricant in baking pans it's found on your baking pan sometimes, not kosher obviously um Vanilla, so that needs kosher supervision. Uh, uh, believe it or not, because a lot of times it's processed with glycerin, and glycerin is a common ingredient that you'll find in cough syrups and whatever that could either be from animal or from vegetable, and that you—that's why you have to have a hechsher on that. So I, I think we went through some of the uh, so, some of these terms that already a person should know when they see natural flavors. It's not at all simple to say uh, that it's okay. On the other hand. There's a lot of things that don't need hachshirim. if you have that list. Um, like, uh, let's take an example. Coffee that's pure without flavoring. Cornmeal that's pure without flavoring. Flour that's plain. Fruits that are fresh or frozen, they're canned without additives. Honey that's unflavored. Molasses. Mar- maraschino cherries, even though it has red in it. But it, it's, not, it's not a problem of the... Uh, of that uh, cochineal bug that we mentioned, oats. Um, so there are things that, if you know certain items are are kosher and they don't add on things, uh, even raisins. All of these things are okay And generally, and even a lot of dried fruits you'll you'll find also. But you really, you really should be well versed in it and knowing what is more of a question, what is not. Once you start seeing natural flavors. You start seeing complicated names. You won't know what's kosher or not unless it has a uh, uh, unless it has a a, a valid hechsher, and that's something why the kashrut agencies nowadays are very different than they used to be. They have to be big experts in all types of complicated uh, uh, chemical uh, uh, chemical uh, uh, additives and solutions. So you hear that son uh, that that we should be well versed in it, and uh, we thank Rabbi Eidelitz for putting this out. He has a lot of important details. And, uh, and that'll help our Kashriyot standards. Amen. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com